welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose. And I would like to know from you, how's it going? What's up? What the fuck is going on either with you or with the world? If you want to explain that to me, that'd be great too. That's a question on my mind only about every day. So if anyone has any answers, let me know. Uh, I'll be here. I am going to get right into it because we have a jam-packed episode today. And I'll just look, I'll just say this. Okay. The topic is Taylor, our girl. Some of our girls, (laughs) some of ours, uh, sorry, I'm a little like, I'm a little just getting myself together. I just pulled an accidental Drew Barrymore where I was out biking home from the grocery store. It it just turned into pouring rain, like sideways rain and hail. And it was kind of intense and dramatic, but then I ended up just living out the montage of the movie of my life where I was just biking headfirst into the rain down these like empty streets of downtown Montreal. And it was kind of epic. I drew Barrymore. I guess she had a point. I think we've all seen that video where she's like, get out into the rain. And it's so funny because I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? You know what? She, she had a point. And then I got home and I opened my phone. The first thing I saw was this meme where it was like the first sign of gentrification. It was like all these people trying to hide from the rain. And then this white lady being like, guys, it's beautiful. Like just get out into the rain. Yeah, I guess uh, I am that lady. It was kind of nice. So I'm a little bedraggled. As for the podcast at hand, I've realized that Taylor Swift is like the cilantro of topics. Like people either love it or they can't get away from it fast enough. This is just going to be one of those episodes for either the Swifties or just for people who like solving a good mystery. This is kind of real life adult Nancy Drew type of stuff because We're going to be talking about Taylor Swift's secret relationship with one Diana Agron. Some of you guys might have heard one of my first episodes was about Taylor's relationship with Carly Kloss. It's very cool for me to be able to record these because long before I ever had a platform or a pod, I was texting away about this to my friends, like trying to figure out these mysteries, trying to unravel them. If you compiled all those texts over the years, You'd probably get a doctoral thesis, but I can only get so far on my own. And then you have people like Cam coming into the scene who she's kind of like a mix between like a Taylor historian and a Taylor forensic researcher. She's so thorough in her research and so technical. She cracks mysteries in a way that I kind of picture her like, you know, those sci-fi movies where they have like 50 screens and there's all this green writing and they're just moving things with their fingers across the screen, like putting together data. That's kind of like her putting together Gaylor lore and content, uh, putting it all together. (laughs) If I were president, the first thing I would do would be to is I would replace all the current members of the CIA with Swifties because Swifties know how to get to the bottom of things better than anyone. Also, I guess it would have the side effect of there be less like, you know, taking over developing countries and installing puppet governments to extract resources. But yeah, we'd have an equal quality <laughs> of solving mysteries, but coming from like a more benevolent place of just like, no, we're just going to get to the bottom of this. And nothing can stop me. Anyhow, we're going to get into all that. So before we do, the Patreon, which comes out every Wednesday, 
it's $5 a month for you get an extra episode every week. That's going to be me and Meredith Lynch talking shit. We're going to be talking about influencer scandals and controversies, uh, all that good stuff. We have a lot of good, good stuff on the Patreon. If I do say so myself, speaking of Swifty universe, we have a episode on Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively and all of their scandals. Uh, we did one last week, me and Sammy on housewives committing crimes and housewives and their husbands doing sketchy shit. And speaking of Sammy P next Monday on the podcast, Sammy will be joining me and we'll be doing an episode on celebrity birth charts and astrology. So, and so all the celebrities that we know and love and all those that we love to cringe at, we will get into the astrological cosmic reason of why they're so cringeworthy or why we love them. So that'll be next week. And so that's about it. If you would like to subscribe to the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash it's become a whole thing. And if that's not your cup of tea, hey, you're listening to me right now to the sound of my voice. That means you're supporting the podcast. If you would like to support it further for the low, low price of absolutely no dollars at all, you can subscribe and hit me with a review. Talk about the pod on social media, send it to your friends. That's how the word gets out. And it's so helpful for the blood, sweat and tears that goes into this. And I mean, well, who are we kidding? It's me. It's just tears. which will go into anything that I care about. But I really, this is such a labor of love. It it comes from my heart, (laughs) from my heart to yours, but it really does. Actually today, when you're listening to this, the podcast turns six months old and I still have a lot to learn, but everything that I have learned so far is actually, it's just because of you guys. And also when you give me feedback, you do it gently and constructively, which I appreciate. And we're just a lovely little community. I'm feeling verklempt about it. I I told you guys... (laughs) I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago that I was going to be like the podcast version of those obnoxious couples who like celebrate their every month uh, anniversary. That's going to be me with the six month podcast uh, anniversary. Can we even call it that? It's going to get cheesy, which uh, the threshold for what turns me into a big cheese ball is uh, the, the, th- the threshold is low. So that's where we're at. I'm going to put a pin in this and not circle back because we have a a very jam-packed episode to get into. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay. And we're back with Cam from What I Will Say podcast and Tumblr and just overall What I Will Say empire. Hey, Cam. (laughs) Hi, Emily. How are you doing? Good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Um, I don't know if your listeners know about the pod collective. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we have this great little community of podcasters that kind of, we all have really overlapping interests and that's Mm -hmm. how we met and here we are. So yeah. And actually some of my listeners are big fans of yours because I got several anonymous questions on Tumblr asking about, well, you should go on. It's become a whole thing. You guys have similar topics. You need to go on there. So then I started looking into you. I was like, oh, for sure. Then you were in the pod collective and I was like, oh, perfect. We can definitely collab from here on out. And I'm just so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. That's so cool. Like as for you and and what you have going on, I say the, what I will say empire kind of jokingly, but I think it's amazing how you've really created very much a, a, an established community with it. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what that's all about and how, how you got started with it? Well, I don't know if anyone remembers, but in 2020, there was a whole to do about a pandemic and we were all <laughs> sort of stuck inside. And I also was going through some other completely unpandemic related 
uh, health issues that very much had me like almost bedridden. Um, I'm all better now, so no worries. But I, the way I dealt with it, I ended up on Tumblr. I sort of ended up in some different fandoms because that's what Tumblr is all about. And one person I got interested in was the Diana Agron, who of course, Quinn on Glee, gorgeous woman, one of the most beautiful women you could ever imagine. And very interesting. And of course, I love Taylor Swift. I feel very connected to Taylor. Um, you know, Taylor's music is just something that can be so personal. And the rumors about Taylor's sexuality, and of course, Diana's sexuality, there are many rumors as well. Uh, she's been linked to her Glee castmate, um, Leah Michelle, and, you know, just all sorts of rumors, the same way Taylor has her rumors, uh, you know, with Carly Kloss, for example, or, you know, others. Um, it just, I don't know, it just reached out and grabbed me and I just got obsessed. I feel like these rabbit holes, that's exactly what you need when you're kind of stuck in bed sick and you can't really do anything else. And I started a blog to see if I could prove that Swift Run, which is the, the name of the relationship between Taylor uh, and Diana, happened or not. Of course, now these days, I've kind of let go of needing that to be proven or true. I mean, you can't prove the only people who know are Taylor and Diana. And I don't know, maybe Taylor's mother, right? So, but along the way, I made all these friends and all these people were helping with the blog. You know, I don't know if anyone, any of your listeners are super on Tumblr. Surely some of them are because they're sending me messages on <laughs> Tumblr um, telling us to collab, but you can send anonymous messages. But, you know, the, I had all these readers that were really doing, you know, almost just as much as work as I was. People were digging things up, sending me notes. Oh, look into these tweets from 2013. Oh, look into this, you know, look into this blog from here and, and sending me in the right direction. And so the, very much the podcast kind of grew out of the blog and it very much is a community. You know, I, I edit and produce and put all the podcast episodes together and I'm on every episode. Uh, but it very much is owned, I think, by the community that listens to it. And I am always trying to say, so I let my listeners say, what are we going to cover next? Or, is it okay if we cover this? You know, I'm always trying to get people to sign off on. So we have a Discord where people hang out. Um, that's a Patreon benefit. And of course, people are all over the blog sending in their thoughts. And um, I just love it. And I've, I, I've found it to be just super healing for like the queer young person inside me to like be surrounded by other queer people and to say, you know what, it is like, it is okay to, to wonder about these things and gossip about these things and, you know, create a community together. About That's so nice. And like what you were talking about, about how it's just so nice and fun and distracting to go down these rabbit holes. Like it's so true. And that's for me, what brought me over to all these different facets of, I guess you could call it like the Gaylor umbrella of Kaylor, which we won't get into today. We're going to focus just on her relationship with Diana Agron. But I started off just being so obsessed with politics. And there's so many so-called political conspiracies that are just really dark and really unpleasant and just related to so much, so many grim things about the world. And this is just so <laughs> the total opposite of that. It's really harming no one. I mean, feelings were hurt. It's not like people out there trying to debate and get super divisive over whether politicians are like lizard people or something. It's not, it's not sinister like that. It's just this really interesting world where Taylor herself, look, we'll, we'll just say this going forward. All of this is just our opinions, obviously. Like Taylor's not like writing to us and being like, yes, this is true. Yet, yeah, no, this isn't. <laughs> but but Taylor plays into it 
she does um, and that's I what mean, makes she- it so fun is that she it's like a cheeky little nod and a, and a wink to people that are they're interested in this whole thing yeah i mean the thing is and you touched on this in your kayla episode but taylor is famous for hiding clues about her personal life in her music to sort of assign the museship the museship of the song so she's she wants people to know who her songs are about or she certainly used to these days, maybe not so much, but I mean, she went as far as, you know, on, on um, her debut album, she put guys liner notes, uh, guys names in the liner notes. So, you know, Taylor hides these secret messages um, in her first five albums. She would capitalize certain letters in the liner notes. So one guy, she put Sam in um, should have said no six times. This guy, Sam Armstrong, that she went out with and cheated on her. She wrote the song about it and then she put his name in the liner notes. So it's just like, okay, Taylor, you know, we get it. You, you are hiding clues about who your songs might be about in different, you know, in liner notes or in the titles of the songs. Yeah. Um, And, and even, and capitalizing letters within a whole sentence is like, mm -hmm. that's like her most basic Easter egg. Cause it goes so much, so much more deep than that. Like it kind of, it kind of makes me think of uh, back in high school and English class. Like I used to, I used to roll my eyes so much at English teachers and, and when they were analyzing like novels and poetry and being like, and there's this hidden meaning in that. And I would, I would always think to myself, like, come on, like, how, how would you know? Like how there can't be meaning in everything, but for the great writers of the world, there are. And as I got older, I started to discover that. And I kind of feel like it's the same with Taylor. Like when I first started listening to your music, I was like, okay, cool, catchy, love it. And then even this week, I was just listening to Reputation and caught a connection or like a, a hidden meeting. I was like, oh, Taylor, like, oh my God, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, sure. kids in, there's kids in the room. Like it was scandalous. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think she, um, I think she was doing it very genuinely, uh, in her early days and then realized like also this is a great way to sell records when I tie my music back to famous men so I mean fearless one album of the year and that was sort of sold you know based in part on her breakup with Joe Jonas and everybody wanted to know all about her breakup with Joe Jonas and she put it out there she went on the Ellen show and complained about him she went on YouTube was making fun of him so She's a cap. She's a capitalist queen. <laughs> she is. And she kind of, she set this system up for herself. So, you know, we could, here's one thing I will say, here's what I will say, which is why my podcast is called. That, right? <laughs> um, we very well could be wrong about all of this. So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some different songs. I think almost have to be about Diana, but they might not be. And we could be wrong about, well, this clue is, you know, this lyric is actually tied to this day they hung out and she was only with Diana that day or whatever. I'm going to say some of that stuff. It could be wrong, but it's, but the, our methodology is not wrong. It's not wrong to look at Taylor's music and say, well, she wrote this song and it references, you know, this, this era of her life and who was she around during that moment in her life. And we're going to talk about a lot of those clues in, in that music, but this is very much Swifty culture to say, okay, well, here's, here's these clues in this song. Who could it tie back to? You can say, well, this ties back to Harry Styles and this ties back to John Mayer and this ties back to whoever, Calvin Harris. And that's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And it's even okay to say, well, this ties back to Corey Monteith, who she was never like really confirmed to be dating. You know, her team never said, oh, she did date him. You know, it was more of a, I think Ellen brought it up and she kind of, she didn't say no, but um, it's always been okay with Swifties to say, well, this is about this random guy or that random guy, even if it's alleged, even if we don't know for sure she dated that guy, but then all of a sudden it's not okay when it's a woman. And it's just like, well, that sounds homophobic. 
you know, because know. how do you know if Taylor Swift doesn't have some songs about women or not? She I certainly don't. has never labeled herself as straight. In fact, she said gay pride defined her, which is a weird thing for a straight person to say. Celebrities who like, first of all, they're putting themselves out there. Okay. They've all made some form of like a deal with the devil where they get millions of dollars and infinite access in exchange for us discussing them. That's the contract. That's the basic contract. If we're able to speculate about their lives and the second we're like, oh, did they date this uh, this woman that they were seen with? And they're, they're like, how dare you? It's like, that's homophobic to me. Right. And, right. and, and like, I, I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely policed when I first joined TikTok when I was kind of like, um, hinting at these kind of things. People are like, you don't speculate about someone's sexuality. And like, I definitely agree about private people. It's just not our business to be talking about private people in a public setting. They didn't choose to put themselves out there and there's no reason for it. And you don't know people's circumstances, but like Taylor's Taylor is one of the most powerful women in show business. She's just fine. She's profiting off of this stuff. I mean, we we can get into this a little later, but in in my view, she's made basically Gaylor merch. I don't know how else to describe mm-hmm. it. And it's it's not it's not harming anyone. Right. It's just I I very much believe that as a fandom, we should have our own lane and our our lines that we don't cross. So when people go get on inst- like Carly Claus's Instagram comments and start commenting like. Josh is a big gay beard or like you and Taylor. And I I'm disgusted by that truly. And if people do it to Diana, I hate it even more because Diana's my baby. But like, I do think you can draw a line and, and have fun in a fandom space and not harass anybody. So I do think that should be, that's a healthy line not to cross. You should never really be contacting anyone about this stuff. And sadly, some people do that, but any, I hope nobody who listens to my podcast does that because I've, always have been against that ever since I started talking about this stuff but um and like when I say it's okay to speculate I don't mean like it's okay to like cyber go cyber bully like I just please don't cyber bully Carly she already gets enough from Swifties yeah or like like, don't even like don't tag the person themselves right you don't you don't talk about things for me the the line is is well basically like human decency but also like things that people can't control like their appearance like just just leave it be like if and and stuff like that it's but if it's like these are veiled lyrics that connect to real events, social media posts. Right. Like it's okay to talk about that. That a huge part of her identity and consuming her music is deciphering these clues. Like who doesn't, who doesn't love a good, like it's like an adult scavenger hunt. And so whether we're right or not about the particular details, like the fact that we're talking about it means like partly means it's worked. Like she's She's done what yes. she set out to do, which is like for us to be talking about her. Well, and I mean, for anyone who cares, I personally, I think Taylor's bisexual and that kind of matches up with all the sort of research I've done, but also what I've heard, you know, behind the scenes from, I am very lucky to have a few insider, you know, connections to the show. And um, Emily, you've heard, you know, some of that info I've shared with you kind of off air and we won't get into that here, but um, I think plenty of her relationships with men have been genuine. And I think a lot of what she does is just her living her life. I don't think everything she does is a stunt or a PR moment. Um, And I think, you know, I think she does plenty of things with no, there's no reference to her sexuality. I think she has plenty of songs that, that aren't a big secret, you know, clue hunt. And, you know, I think she can walk out on the street and it, you know, listen, if she's wearing like a flannel shirt, I'm not going to fall over myself saying, oh, she's a dyke. You know, it's, it's, um. (laughs) <laughs> I think she does plenty with uh, that that don't have to do with her sexuality, right? This is 
well it's like it's not that right. deep too like I don't know I mean I anytime I talk about a celebrity and it's not like 100% positive people are like leave them alone I'm like they, they are left alone I'm right. not they're fine <laughs> they don't know I exist, I'm not you know I'm not saying this on a loudspeaker outside of their apartment like I'm <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> on my platform right. about it like they're they're wealthy booked and busy like they're exactly. fine <laughs> so you know, um, yeah. um, I want to get into Swift Grand world. <laughs> Sometimes like I ask people for like the elevator pitch of themselves. If you had to give, let's say like a Swift Grand mm-hmm. elevator pitch. Okay. Well, so Swift Grand alleged relationship between Taylor Swift and Diana Agron. First thing up top, they've both had really weird comments about their own sexualities. So I don't believe either of these girls to be straight. And I think there's enough in the public eye of things they have said and done to support that. So I mentioned earlier, Taylor said gay pride makes me me. She said it defined her in her own documentary. You know, this wasn't caught on a hot mic or something. This is something she produced and put out into the world. On a song called Me, all about her. (laughs) She did the You Need to Calm Down music video where she made herself the center of a gay pride parade. She also centers herself in a gay pride parade in the Me music video. I actually have a TikTok on that. She has made herself the center of conversation and queerness for several years now she's she's said let's show our pride happy pride to you too uh on twitter she answered somebody saying that so taylor has never called herself straight she has really made an effort to center herself in conversations about queerness for a while and we're going to talk about some choice lyrics she has written as well i mean she has songs that have female love interests that's our that's known seven and betty of course explicitly and other songs you know maybe more implicitly but you mean Betty written by Joe Alwyn himself? <laughs> well, <laughs> written in all in one go by Joe the fully Alwyn. Fo- singing the fully formed chorus. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was just listening to your um like it was like Taylor Swift mm-hmm. Awards with uh that you did with Shannon of Fluently Forward and NT. And I and I loved you guys picking up on them saying that yeah. multiple times. Like he wrote, he sung the fully formed version of uh, Betty and what was what else was it exactly exile? Some, okay so it said fully formed course chorus of Betty and fully formed verse of exile and those two quotes were given two years apart and it's like why sure, Jan. Sure. I would love you know what we should do we should do a patreon episode about Grammy gate and jump into that at some point would you want to do that Yes, 1000%. We need to do Grammy Gate. Diana has her own, of course, vast rumors. You know, a lot of people think she outed herself on the Glee Live tour um, in an event called Shirtgate, where she wore a shirt that says likes girls and went out on stage and danced around in it. And that that was that was my kind of introduction Mm -hmm. to Diana Agron, because because honestly, I didn't really watch Glee back in the day. So she wasn't super on my radar. I saw some TikToks about that. And I found it interesting. And like, I I think for me, honestly, as soon as I found out that she's like this chaotic blonde (laughs) Jewish girl, I'm like, I'm a chaotic blonde Jewish girl. So I was like, I like immediately warmed up to her and I was like, oh, who, who is she? Um, But you're right. Like she, she's beautiful in a way that like, I don't know. She almost looks like, uh, kind of like a doll or something. Like she kind of looks like very, um, like princessy and and but then is this kind of like agent of oh, she chaos really so it's really she's, she's very weird she really she had a male alter ego named charlie agron that she you know she said she had because a psychic told her she had been a a, a man in a past life and she named him charlie and you know yeah she's a little weirdo and she likes to yes. stir the pot which like same so as soon <laughs> as i started to like dig into this i was like okay okay there's there's something to um, her yeah for sure and she also recently maybe a year or two ago was giving an interview and she talked about a time in her life where she was quote unquote figuring out her sexuality so like 
I don't know about you, but I feel like straight people don't really have to figure out their sexual, like, you know, I'm not, listen, I'm not here to say what straight people can and can't do. I don't want to be heterophobic, but, um, I think, you know, mostly people who figure out their sexuality are queer people. So, and of course, you know, guys, I've got two podcast episodes on a shell, the alleged relationship between her and Leah Michelle, her, her gay conspiracy, uh, imprint on the world goes far beyond Taylor. So um, there's a ton to talk about there. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah, and I also have sympathy for celebrities because if they're trying to figure themselves out, they don't just have to figure out themselves. If them talking about, let's say, their own sexuality, they know people are then going to start making speculation about all the people in their lives. And so it does get like complicated. I imagine for someone in Diana or Taylor Swift's position where like they know that if they start talking just about their own personal sexuality, it's like then they know that people are going to start hounding Carly Claus or Leah Michelle. You know, I imagine it's like another layer of like it being complicated and like rough to be a celebrity. Yeah, for sure. I think um, with a celebrity, you don't just come out to, oh, co-workers, friends and families. You have to come out to the entire world, which is that's just a whole added level of pressure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's just untold you know can't even count the amount of reasons why somebody would try and play those cards close to their chest in the public and um as for as for the swift run elevator pitch what i would say besides addressing the girl sexualities which are both very much sort of in a gray area which to me at this point in 2022 i feel like if you haven't really established yourself it's straight you're, you're kind of like I, you know um if you say things like gay pride makes me me or you know um i had to figure out my sexuality okay i can read between the lines there i'm not stupid right so there's that and then i would also say i'm very timeline oriented in my podcast and in my writings and if you look at the spring of 2012 we know taylor was writing some music at that time and we know the song she was writing because for, for Red in 1989, we actually have a lot of dates as to when songs were written. And Taylor doesn't really necessarily let us know when songs are written so much anymore. Um, she does a little bit, but not, not so explicitly as the way she does, she, the way she used to. And since we know when these songs were written, we know what she was up to during that time and who she was spending all her time with. And, and all I can say is Taylor fell in love with someone in the spring of 2012 because she wrote really four or five, although only three made the album, but then we got Taylor's version read. Three falling in love songs. Um, the, those songs are Everything Has Changed, Come Back, Be Here, and Treacherous. And a lot of Red is a, is a breakup album. And I 
I sadly, I am a Jill and Swift truther. I, th- I think they were really together. So, um, but you, you know, but you can just tell that, that she's singing about some different muses. So on, on your all too wells and, um, you know, your, I knew you were troubles and, you know, someone's really burned her, but then in the spring of 2012, she started writing all these love songs. And when I think when you examine those songs, they all tie back to one person and, you know, in the spring of 2012, she has a brief fling with Harry Styles, allegedly, although, of course, I think Halo was PR, but she does. She is linked to him briefly. Same. same. Uh, and then they get back together <laughs> yeah. six months later, so allegedly, supposedly. Yeah, which they're, they're, it's funny because like there's timelines mm-hmm. and there's sort of like bits of, I see you call it concrete proof. But there's also just yeah, vibes. Sure. <laughs> and the vibes, <laughs> the vibes can't be overlooked because the way that she looked out and about with, Harry Styles was just it was always so awkward and so off. Well, you know what's funny is I was listening to your Kaler episode and one of you was talking about you you really liked, you know, some body language analysis. And see the funny thing is I think it was me yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, and this is no, you know, this is no disrespect, but I actually sort of loathe that kind of maybe loathe is a strong word, but like I don't like anything that's based on vibes because as like because, you know, because we're projecting our own experiences and our own thoughts onto other people all the time. And so I'm sort of like, well, you know, they, it looks like this, but who could know, right? So I'm actually, you know, I'm in a funny world because I'm very much a skeptic. Like um, if you like the X-Files, I'm in, in the real world. I'm very much a scully. I sort of, I'm an atheist. I don't do astrology. You know, I'm, I'm kind of humorless about you know, well, there's not science to back it up. And I know that's very annoying. And I do want to just apologize to like everyone in my life for that. (laughs) Um, What that's like, that's like half the people in my life. Like I, I am, I am an astrology Mm -hmm. girly. I'm all about the vibes, but like, if I didn't have those people in my life, I would be off like in some crystal cave. Like I would be not tethered to this. We need the balance of both. We need no, no, we need both. Like I grew up, my dad's a scientist. Like I very much always have that scientific mm-hmm. mind kind of like checking things. And so for me, it's like the, the, the vibes open the door to seeing whether there <laughs> are there facts, facts yeah. to back up for sure. my thoughts. For sure. And I'm not going to, and I'm not going to say these vibes out loud if there's nothing to substantiate them because part of like the whole thing that's so fascinating to me about pop culture and celebrities in general is what we project mm-hmm. onto them. Like we've never met these people. We actually don't literally, know who like, they are. Like we literally don't know them, any of them. So how we project things onto them and how we analyze them says something about ourselves, like both as individuals and as, as a society. So I find that it's that anthropological relationship and like observation. That's so interesting. Yeah. I like, a, I like a good steady combo. Of yeah, the two. for sure. And I like, and I, and I love a little, like, I love a little opposition. Like I, <laughs> I just, I, I only mean, go with what, do we have any facts that can back up what we're saying? And and when I, when I went to the, on to fluently forward to talk about this, she said, Oh, you're very much like, you don't really go on the vibes. Do you? And I said, no, you know, but it, but if, I mean, if you want to talk annoying, like I, anytime people say they're really not into astrology, you can't, I can't tell you how much that makes me want to know more about like what their chart <laughs> is to see where like, the, see like, that's annoying. No, but, like, I mean, but know, it's fun though, it's all- you know, it's, I think everybody should do what makes their own heart happy. And so I think if you, if somebody like you or whoever wanted to approach, like I call these conspiracies, conspiracy relationships that I don't know if I coined that word, but I feel like I did. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think like I did. kind of think if you I did. googled it and your your name your name would yeah, probably I hope come so. up. But you know, if you want to approach conspiracists and be like, but look at the way they looked at each other. You know, there had to be some. That's fine. I just would never do that. I would, you know, I would never say like, oh, it's sort of proof. Um, well, it's funny because like something <laughs> on TikTok, like I've got <laughs> I've gotten in trouble for this where I talk about like PR PR relationships mm-hmm. and. And like the, the vibes are, I guess the jump off point for me, my, my ongoing joke with like myself and like whoever will listen is like, this has to be a PR relationship because no woman would ever be like laughing that hard at like something man has to say. <laughs> but like when, when, it, whenever I see a couple who is a celebrity who has a project that they're trying to push out and they're like throwing their head back and like doing this full body laugh I'm like mm, <laughs> uh, my suspicions are, and I think that's fair <laughs> are going on but so so what I have is a collection of of events and it we're, let's let's talk about the song everything has changed because it's one of those falling in love songs that I really think you know genuinely when you look at every bit, piece of evidence and clue about the song and you look at you know who Taylor allegedly assigned the song to muse ship wise and who tweeted about it and who was I, I think it's a great jumping off point and and you guys will get a feel of okay well these are the facts I'm working so the first thing I love about everything has changed which I refer to as the first swift run song is um the timeline of when it's written now Taylor starts working with Ed Sheeran on May 15 2012 that's when they meet she flies to Phoenix from LA and meets up with him she tweets about it he tweets about it uh, they enjoy some uh, In-N-Out cheeseburgers and they start working on songs together. And now we know that that song was actually run. It's not everything has changed. But we do know that um, she and Ed had started working on everything has changed within about two weeks of meeting because she gave an interview where she said that. If you guys want receipts on all this, it's on my TikTok. I've also got it on my blog. Come through, ask me for it. I'll hook you guys up. But just know, I'm not going to say anything that I can't prove and or say it as a fact, right? So it is a fact that this song is being written sometime in May of uh, 2012. Taylor, you know, okay, so this song is about falling in love with someone. Now, Taylor's first sort of alleged fling with Harry is over. Um, it ended on April 22nd or 23rd of 2012. They had met at the Kids' Choice Awards. Uh, Justin Bieber, get, who, by the way, who Taylor hates. So, like, how is he going to have the tea? That's how you know this was just something very silly that was set up. Um, Justin Bieber gave an interview where he said, oh, Taylor Swift's in love with, you know, the biggest pop star in the world. You know, he's, he's talking about Harry and Taylor. And the story was, like, Taylor saw Harry perform at the kids choice awards where they did uh one direction uh, you don't know you're beautiful which it is a cute performance i've got it on the swift run timeline it's to see it and taylor was supposedly so taken with harry who by the way taylor's 22 and harry is freshly 18 at this point she she loves she loves a pr relationship with someone who just turned 18 (laughs) i hate to say it but like him and connor kennedy which Mm -hmm. we'll get into like i'm like i'm like girl maybe mm, i don't know so um (laughs) She supposedly goes backstage and she's fanning herself, just losing it over how horny she is for Harry Styles. And Justin Bieber supposedly witnesses it all and gives an interview. And then they go to a pool party at Justin's house and Selena's there. And so it's just very like Tiger Beat, like 
this was something designed to sell magazines. Um, of course, there's no photos of any. Oh of my this. god, Tiger Beat! I forget that that exists, and then every time it gets brought up, it like viscerally. It's like I can almost like smell the ink on the pages. I used to, <laughs> I, I, my walls used to be like all madness of Tiger Beat collage. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So so then Harry goes on goes back to tour with um, One Direction. He's out in New Zealand and Australia. And supposedly he kisses another girl and, you know, this is from Taylor. She gives an interview a few, you know, two years later where she says, this is why we broke up the first time he cheated on me. Um, and of course he's just giving a, it's a friend of his that he's sort of kissing goodnight, very chastely. I don't think anything's happening, but this, this was sort of Taylor's excuse to break up with him after two or three weeks of dating in April, um, of, of, uh, 2012. Um, but so Taylor's writing a falling in love song. Everything has changed is about falling in love with somebody, but she's already broken up with Harry at this point. And of course she hasn't met Connor Kennedy yet, who by the way is 17 at this point and in high school in Rhode Island. And Yikes. Taylor of course is living a full adult 22 year old life in uh, LA, but you know who she is spending a whole lot of time with this spring. It would is Diana Agron. So, um, the timeline, you know, it, now, of course, could it be about a stranger, you know, some other guy we don't know about? Sure. You know, people who, you know, she could have been in touch with any number of guys during that time, but at least, you know, it certainly can't be about Harry and it can't be about Connor. And she tries to say it's about Connor. So let's talk about that. The liner note of the song is Hyannis Port. Um, now but Hyannis- the spelling is interesting. <laughs> yes. So Hyannis Port is uh, in Rhode Island. It's where Connor Kennedy lives. And it's where Taylor spent a good, you know, a, a couple weeks of her summer. Um, she went, went out and stayed, uh, I think, with or near the Kennedys and uh, had herself a big time. She took all her friends with her, included, of course, she took Diana along with her to Hyannis Port. So if the muse is somebody that she was falling in love with in the spring of 2012 uh, and um, somebody that was in Hyannis Port, Diana works. Uh, Harry, of course, was not in Hyannis Port and Connor was in Hyannis Port, but when Taylor wrote the song, she didn't even know he existed at that point. And he was also a 17-year-old junior in high school. I just can't say stress that enough. Um, also, the liner note is spelled wrong. So Hyannis is spelled H-Y- um, a N N I S, but Taylor spells it H Y I A N N I S. And so there's this thought that the I A N N N is uh, sort of borrowed from Diana's name, adding that I in because Diana's name is D I A N N N A. So that that's sort of I A N N that the thought is, oh, you know, it's she's hiding Diana's name in the liner note. Also, in the song 22, um, Diana's name is explicitly put into liner notes. Now, 22, some people say is, you know, just a song about her friends. Of course, if you hear the original lyrics, uh, it sounds more like a love song, but I digress. Um, the I, Di- the I in Diana's name is placed just after a line break, the same way the I in Hyannis Port, uh, this, the secret, you know, goofy misspelled I in Hyannis Port uh, is placed just after a line break. Also in subsequent publishings of the album Red, um, this was never corrected. It's not a typo. It's not something Taylor went back and fixed. No, and this is like part of a long, there's a long series of, I I want to say like incidents, but kind of moments where Taylor purposefully 
purposefully misspells things as a clue. And, and that's part of like her whole, I don't know, to me, that's why, <laughs> that's why part of why she makes, uh, she's like the modern day Robert Frost to me, because there's no, there's no accidents, at least in terms of her writing. Right. Like, there's no, um, there's no like, oh, I'm like, should we get into Grammy Gate? We, we really need to make that its own episode. But there's, there's, there's a, there's a history with her and purposefully misspelling things. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, so the liner note is very interesting. She says, this is somebody who, by the way, you know, I, the, the, I'm going to misspell the place for no reason. You know, I'm not going to explain why I misspelled it. I'm not going to fix it. You know, I'm not going to republish, you know, the, the next set of albums is not going to have it fixed. It's not a typo. I'm never going to say why I misspelled it, but wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I misspelled it. And by the way, I wrote this song before I even met the boy from Hyannis Port. Um, uh, let's talk about some lyrics. So the, the, the song mentions green eyes, your freckles, and your smile. So, of course, Diana has green eyes. Uh, and some people say they're hazel, but she has she um they're green she, they're green <laughs> like, they're green i have a whole like i have a whole post about how they are green in glee she gets a driver's license and green is written on there and then also her bitmoji which you know little bitmoji character she made for herself has very like deep emerald green eyes so See, diana cam, cam this is why we need the technical <laughs> people of the world this is why we need because while i'm over here getting distracted by vibes analyzing people's body po- posture you're like <laughs> i i have 18 receipts to prove she has green eyes i have these it's documented it's in the google doc here's the link like this, we we need these people of the world anyway <laughs> that's very this that's what i'm here for if there's a receipt about swift run i want to have it yeah um and of course of course, I will say some strange guy that we don't even know about or, or some some other woman who who could know um, uh, could have. Yeah, but like, but I mean, I, I don't even think that that preface is even necessary because it's not like you just heard her sing about someone with green eyes and you're like, it's Diana. Like, Right, there's so much more to it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so much, there's enough that you could do a couple episodes where, so it's like, this is all in context to like the full body of work of like all signs point to, to Diana Agron, you know? Right. So this, there also mentions is Taylor says, she says in the song, all I know is pouring rain and everything has changed. So we knew where Taylor was for a lot of the time during spring and summer of 2012. And really the only time she was a place where it rained was in LA on Sunday, March 25th. And how did you track this down? Because I remember you talking about it, but it, this is, this is again, I'm, I'm going back to like the usefulness of like how meticulous you are. Well, you know how we were talking about Patreon and like how, you know, what con- kind of content we put on there? Well, a lot of, a lot of my Patreon content is me and my co-host Kara um, just sort of jumping in and trying to just chew through and stream of consciousness go through like every, every, everything there is to ever even think about or know about Gaylor, but also far beyond that. And one night we were doing an episode um, where we were just talking about different songs. We were talking about 1989 as the album. And we started talking about everything has changed. And I, I just sort of noticed the lyric, pouring rain. And I said, well, Taylor spent a lot of that spring in LA. It doesn't rain often in LA. And I said, maybe I could kind of look. And she's in New York a little bit. I checked those dates. There's no rain there. Although, you know, it could have been, but there wasn't. And I checked in Hyannis Port as well the days we knew she was there. And 
Of course, the pouring rain line would have been written before she even went to Hyannisport, but I checked. There's no rain. But on Sunday, March 25th, it rained. And I, I looked because I said, and it's so it's so crazy that I had done this so much at this point. And this is about a year ago, but it's it's live. It's on the Patreon. So you can hear me come to terms and like realize this little connection. But I said, I was like, when did it rain? You know, what's this rain about? And I said, you know what? I bet it rained on their, what we've always kind of said their first date. I said, I bet it rained on March 20, 2012. And I went and looked. And although, you know, it doesn't always rain in LA, um, it did that day. And of course that day she was out seeing a Sunday matinee show of the hunger games with Diana and they this, got pictured with, by, with some fans there. So that's how we know they were. This deserves an award for journalism. Like, this just, is- <laughs> and it's, it's just crazy because like, you know, you can tell like science is good when it becomes predictive. So when you study, I don't know, like seismic activity enough and it gets good enough that, okay, we know like when earthquakes happened and stuff, but also we can tell when they're going to happen. And Mm -hmm. the fact that I was able to know the timeline well enough and know that Taylor and Diana hung out for the first time kind of solo is this Hunger Games movie date. And I said, I bet it ran on March 20th. And I went and looked and there are weather records you can pull up. Um, And it, lo and behold, it did. It rained all day. Uh, (laughs) So when Taylor says, all I know is pouring rain and everything has changed. And she also, a lyric of the song is, I know something now I didn't before. Like, first of all, what is this song even about? Like, what do you know? Like, I guess if it was about a guy, you could say, maybe you know he's interested in you or he's got a crush on you. But, and fair enough. But like, mm-hmm. other than that, what is so important to know about someone, you know, um, who has green eyes and freckles and she was in Hyannis port with, and she, and it's been pouring rain. Well, March 25th, she's spending it with Diana Agron. Right. And she has green eyes and freckles and Diana went to Hyannis port and Diana has an eye in her name, just the way Taylor hid an eye in the liner note. So it's sort of, it all comes together. Um, very well. I'm there telling is- you, get you the Pulitzer prize. Like we need, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm just worthy of that, but I do appreciate the, the sentiment. Um, <laughs> There is a reference to butterflies, uh, you know, Taylor talks about um, butterflies in the song and Diana does have a butterfly tattoo uh, and it's, it, she actually had it removed. Not the only reference that Taylor's made to Diana's tattoos that she later had removed. Right. And we will talk about that. <laughs> Which we're going to put, listeners, we're going to put a pin in this and circle back. <laughs> we'll circle back. Think, be thinking about tattoos <laughs> and Diana getting them removed. Remember um, this. <laughs> and finally, when the album comes out, uh, six months or so, five months later, um, in October of 2012, Diana is, uh, she's not in LA when the album comes out. She's actually in France filming a movie, but she tweets, she says, congrats, Taylor Swift. Uh, she tags Taylor. She congrats. Look at you go listening party in the trailer and the French are digging it too. Now on the red album, as I mentioned before, the song 22 is dedicated to Diana and Ashley, Claire, uh, and Selena, you know, some of Taylor's other friends. But Diana doesn't tweet a screenshot of the song 22. She screenshots everything has changed and posts it when she tweets that. And it's just like, first of all, everything has changed. Like, I like it a lot now because it's, you know, such a swift ground song to me. But um, it it's it's not a great song. You know, Ed Sheeran's on it and he kind of ruins it. um, 
it's just not the it's not a banger and it wasn't even the song expressly dedicated to diana so like why is she tweeting this and this is why i say diana is like an agent of chaos because like she she knows what she's doing (laughs) and and you know as a celebrity especially someone who's in the spotlight of having you know a hit show and whatever you've had media training you know people have their eyes on you so even if there's something you're thinking about like there's a secret song that's been dedicated to you you don't have to tell that to the world you can Mm -hmm. (laughs) which she does she just she just goes there she kind of lets it all hang out she does um and i'm gonna briefly so that's everything has changed i'm gonna briefly go into come back to here i'm not gonna spend a ton of time on it just because there's not as much to say but come back to here taylor's lamenting that her lover is in new york without her and in london without her it's supposed to allegedly be about harry um in that brief 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 little window of time but um that they sort of supposedly dated in in the spring but um harry was never in New York without Taylor. Uh, They were in New York at the same time briefly, but he was never in New York without Taylor, nor was he ever in London without Taylor. Uh, Harry left from the States and went straight over to Australia and New Zealand. So, I mean, people try and say it's about Harry, but he wasn't in those places without her. Diana, however, went to New York twice that spring, um, once completely without Taylor, and then once she went with Taylor, and then Taylor left and Diana stayed in New York. uh, And she was also in London a couple times that spring and summer, um, both on work, which Taylor said it was for somebody who has to leave to go to work and you've just started to get with them and it's so hard to watch them go. So that's come back be here. Uh, it doesn't really fit for Harry. Now, could it fit? You know, I'll, I'll stop saying it, but it could fit for a mystery guy. I'm not trying to oh, say it. Sure doesn't. I, like, I mean, it, that <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like in a court of law. Like, I don't want to perjure myself. Like, no, no, it could, no, I, you know, I'm not saying I, for sure. And then it's like, oh my God, it's a conspiracy pop culture podcast. Of course we can just say it's about Diana. If yeah, we yeah. Wanted, but well, and, and also it's kind of like, you know, at amusement parks when it's like, you must be this tall to ride. It's like, if you're going to proceed to this episode, you have to right. just, just gonna go have ahead, to suspend your disbelief. Okay. Yeah. And then like, you know, come at me later in the, in the DMs, but like, <laughs> we're, we're all, we're all on the ship together. But for, just for to be hour. fair, I, I always am. I am try. I do try to be a little, I don't know, political about it and say like, listen, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to brainwash anyone, you know, certainly. We, I am. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm trying to, I, I'm both. Go I'm, ahead, I'm, listener. I'm a, I'm, I'm a woman of contradictions. I'm both trying, trying to brainwash people to my believies. And then at the same time, I am trying to not get brainwashed because <laughs> I talk about this often. I still don't know how I haven't been inducted into a cult, sure. <laughs> but that's, but that's why it's nice to go down uh, paths like this because it's, it's like um, it's like a whole network of like it, it's almost like a a cult like the Gaylor world, but it's harmless. Like there's no right. real, you know, there's no real Kool Aid. Just sort of like metaphorical harmless Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, some parts of the fandom are a little bit insane, and there has been some harm done. But let's not get into that right now. Oh well, I mean, but um, like that's just uh, people are right. You know, people like, act crazy, but the beliefs themselves aren't. People are crazy. People get yeah. crazy about the the famous people that they like that yeah. they, you know, again, like again, none of us know. So that's just that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's that fault. But I, I do think like, you know, when you're talking about the um, what I will say, you know, community, I, I just think about the 
community of people here it's become a whole thing and it's like that's how I know that I'm on the right track because the the comments and the messages and the thoughts I get are just like they're so like thought out and funny and discerning and like you know I just I just feel like I don't know maybe I'm just (laughs) boosting my own ego but I do really feel like that that is the the people that have found their way here which I feel 100% I mean i I, I think your listenership is um, clever and smart enough to know that everything I'm saying does come with a grain of salt. Briefly, uh, the, the other love songs she wrote that spring are Treacherous and Run. So Treacherous is extremely gay. You know, it's very queer coded when she says nothing safe is worth the drive. You know, she's talking about this treacherous, literally the song's called Treacherous, this slippery slope. She can't control herself falling down. And, you know, she's so scared and they're sneaking around at night. You know, um, she says... Um, you know, she calls the love treacherous and she, it also includes the lyric, put your lips close to mine as long as they don't touch. That song is not about a man. I refuse. Um, and the song run is about running away and hiding. You know, it's sort of, well, we're just going to run away from all this. So none, none, neither of those songs have any explicit sort of timeline clues or explicit references to Diana, but they are gay as hell. So let's just go ahead and say that. Well, and for um, me, like, that's kind of like the overarching, like where whatever corner of like the Gaylor fandom you find yourself in the overarching theme for me and what makes it's so kind of like apparent is just the amount of songs she has about secretive love affairs and pining Mm -hmm. away for someone and I just think and I just think as an adult the only reason you would have to love someone in secret is if you were either like in her situation or having an affair and I don't think Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't think this is about extramarital affairs Mm -hmm. there's just no I can't think of any other logical reason of why you would need to hide uh your relationship do you want to know what swifties say what well they just say it's because like the paparazzi and the press and they're so hard on her relationships and to be fair it's not the worst analysis i've ever heard of course i prefer a queer reading and just she's hiding because she has to hide her relationships it literally but, but even um, but even joe like um joe who she's supposedly you know she's she says she's secretive about it and for the paparazzi and and yeah of course she's been torn apart in the paparazzi um or in the press but yet if you take her and joe if you take everything she's ever said at face value and you take the their relationship at face value like basically almost as soon as they started dating she was writing albums about him (laughs) and and talking and being very open about the fact that they're dating well they hid for a year i'm actually a joe truther i think she's really with him i don't think they were always monogamous and i don't like him i can't stand him what is there what is there to like like he's a he's like a bland he's talentless he's talentless he stands there the whenever i see him standing there at her concerts looking so bored and pissed off i'm like Mm -hmm. get out of here joe like give that ticket to one of us okay you don't deserve to be here but yeah yeah. but but i but i mean like even even when i mean hiding for a year okay maybe like during her year that she was the most hated by the world yeah okay fair but then after that it was like we had reputation, which if you're like a, you know, Hitler, if you're like a Joe all the way, then OK, then she's then she wrote a whole album about him, multiple albums, talks about how they're together. Like there's there's a reasonable potential explanation of like, OK, she's hated. She's laying low from everyone for a year. But for the times where she's out and about like now we still we get the 
the Joe photo ops every now and again. We do. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in Hollywood, certainly there are relationships that are exclusively PR. So there's no real feelings behind the relationship. It's just fake. But I, I also... I just know that people use real relationships. This is, we need to get, we need, you and I need to get on your Patreon because I have so many thoughts. I actually think we would have the funnest conversation about um, some of this stuff, but, but yeah, I, say, am, I, I, I try to be, I know I, I, I do try to be a little like diplomatic here, but I get fully unhinged on the Patreon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to do, we're doing it. We'll, okay, we'll do yeah. 10 fucking Patreon episodes about the stuff if we need to. Um, we'll do it. But um, Swifties do say, you know, oh, was she like, particularly like her and Harry were under so much pressure from his fan base and from the press that they kind of had to hide. I, I don't buy it. I don't believe she was really with Harry. Um, but they do say that. And fair enough. I, I try and learn every side of an argument because I'm trying to get to the truth. So I'll hear what the opposition has to say. Maybe they're right. But yeah, Taylor sort of obsessively writing about hiding in her relationships and other queer themes. You know, she's being hunted over her relationship. She's, you know, a, a treacherous center for her relationships. You know, yeah, just- our secret moments in a crowded room, like, you know, what just the, the infinite lyrics that are like that. It's just like, I, I I'm just amazed that people would think that it's just about the paparazzi and not right. wanting to be seen by the paparazzi. Right. Um, right. I, I completely agree and do agree. It, a queer reading of her music makes everything make sense. Um, at least in some cases. Um, so there's, uh, there's some other songs. The song, the very first night, I think references some explicit Swiftcon stuff. Um, I don't have that in our list to talk about, but it's there. There's probably 10 or 12 songs that kind of you can write these whole master posts i've made tiktoks on a lot of them that kind of go back to diana but like briefly so they spend all spring and summer together then diana goes off to paris to film uh the family a movie she was and then um they reunite about three months later and right around the time they reunite taylor writes a song called this love um of course this love is about a love coming back to her you know this love came back to the refrain of the song uh and that's allegedly that's when swifties say she got back with harry which that is when around they get spotted together once you know at that time of course um the day she wrote this love we actually know the exact day she wrote it she put it in the lover diaries uh she was in la she notes that she's in as well um diana was in la that week and harry was in london so i just you know um it's kind of interesting who's who's where and who's you know who's not where um now of course she could have been writing a song about harry long distance whatever but uh i just think that's important to note they they spend some more time that fall together and then in december they go to new york now now Haler is in full swing at this point taylor is being spotted everywhere with harry um so they spend a week in new york but diane is there too we get them in new york and then they both kind of drop off the radar for a bit uh taylor and diana both do but now i'm going to talk about the end of swift Braun because it ties to into a couple songs. We're gonna talk about the end of Swiftcon and the songs it kind of relates to. And then explicitly we're gonna get into Wonderland. But um Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> I'm yeah. here for all of it, but I'm especially here for Wonderland because for me that was my like putting together the yeah. the pieces moment. Yeah, I call it um seeing through the matrix. 
which <laughs> maybe that dates me as such a horrible millennial, but like I, when it all sort of clicks and you I'm kinda, a, I'm a horrible it. millennial. I've been, what is it? Red pill or blue? I actually never, it's funny. Cause I'm like, I'm a millennial who has, who never saw the matrix. So I get in trouble. Oh my gosh. That. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, but I <laughs> took whatever pill that, that let me see the truth. <laughs> the red pill. Yeah. Red, of pill. Course, red, red pill, pill is now like an alt-right. Like oh God. Oh yeah. Kind of area. Oh, so right. Really right. we're blue pilled. Oh and God. frankly, I would want to be blue pilled. Um, not that this episode is about you know, my philosophy on life, but like, if I can live in bliss, ignorance is bliss. You know, if I can live in blissful ignorance, I will. Oh my anyway. God. I wish, I wish it's the NPC life that I'm so jealous yeah, of, but I wish that were me. That's what the, yeah. 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 That's what the matrix is like all about. That's a story for another day. That's, that's yeah, not my, that's, sure. that's not in my wheelhouse, but that, but I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, to me, I am kind of fascinated by like what I call NPC culture, but to me, um, maybe this is like insulting whatever but to me the people that are very insistent that none of this is any kind of like queer um coding or whatever that's kind of npc life to me because it's Mm -hmm. just like why would you look further into into any of this it's like wait why wouldn't you isn't that the whole point isn't that what's so interesting about it yeah um i i kind of I, i i just i don't know I, um, I tend to agree that like the most interesting reading, like the, the, if Taylor Swift is straight, she's insane. And, um, it, that would be very boring. Like she would just be a bitch who's queer baiting really. I think, um, so, and to to me, I will just, this is like a bit of a side note, but to me, she does come off as a little bit insane, but like, that's what I love about her is because of how open she is about like, just like there, there are these moments of insanity and contradictions, but I think that those exist in all of us and she just puts it out there in her writing but in terms of like I know you're you're kind of addressing a different side of it where it's like you know you mentioned the you need to calm down video if you were a straight person putting yourself in front and center of a a gay pride parade like that is insane but not the good not the good kind right it would be just incredibly selfish it'd be incredibly selfish yeah and like offensive you know a hundred percent so so they spent, you know, we have this year, 2012 to 2013, um, that they, they, you know, Diana had to go work on a film, but then they reunite and they've spent this time together. And it's particularly in the spring and summer, they're very inseparable. And um, then, uh, you know, they kind of go dark, but something interesting happens in April of 20. Uh, somebody on Tumblr photoshops and makes what looks like a fake tabloid magazine article. It's not a real it's not a real article. It is Photoshop. Somebody just made it and put it on Tumblr, but it, it looks kind of real. Um, and it says Taylor Swift is not, is in a new relationship, but it's not what you expected. And it's got a picture of Taylor and Diana. And it's, it's has this little blurb about, you know, it's true. Country pop singer Taylor Swift has confirmed being in a relationship with Glee star Diana Agron. And, you know, it goes on to sort of and say, and it's funny. Cause I was looking at it and it was like, Let's be honest yeah. about it. And I was like, I forgot that that was like a, a thing that people said back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> but um. it was just like, yeah, it, it was it was as um as good as a Photoshop from that time would be. Like it looks yeah, it looks kind of real. Yeah. It even looks like the it looks like it's like screenshotted from a real website because it even like the edge of it, it looks like it has like ads that you can't quite see. Yeah, they did, a, looks they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. But um, this is back in the internet when like 
I don't know. It was more of an even lawless place than it is today in a way because people would, and people still do this, but like it's kind of different now, I feel like. But people can run with this stuff without fact checking it. And if you just have a picture of something, not everybody, you know, quite knows that Photoshop is something you can do that, you, you know, that somebody on the internet might for fun make a fake article like not. So it kind of it blows up on Twitter. It goes viral on Twitter and everybody's talking about Oh my God, that, you know, Quinn from Glee is dating Taylor Swift. What, you know, and everybody freaks out. Um, and the day uh, the article sort of starts to make the rounds is April 16, 13. And um, Diana tweets uh, a, f- a few things, but she tweets a picture of two kids playing. Um, it says brother and sister playing, but she includes the hashtag love is love. Now, of course, love is Which, love is a yeah. gay hashtag. Um, yeah, especially that was like very popular at that time too, especially. I mean, you could um and uh, on April 23rd, the the Twitter buzz kind of culminates and even like this this woman who's like kind of a small-time actress, she doesn't have a huge following, but she does have, you know, a couple thousand followers on Twitter, which back then was sort of more, you know, a lot more than that is today, right? But um she even this actress her name's dakota richards and she tweets so apparently taylor swift and diana agron are dating sorry brangelina you just got taken over as the world's hottest couple and lots of people were tweeting about it but you know just to show that even people with bigger platforms that even kind of seem legitimate in like the la acting world are tweeting about this um and on that day april 23rd which my fandom calls lost love day and we'll talk about that in a second why uh diana deletes her public tumblr now diana had a tumblr it was called fell down the rabbit hole we'll come back to that put a pin and fell down the rabbit hole um and it was famous you know she started it when she was on glee and her fans loved it and diana was very artsy and sort of this kind of granola not exactly granola but just this indie artsy girl um and she was always posting music she liked and art she liked and letting her fans submit drawings and pictures and uh you know sharing her photography she fancies herself a bit of an amateur photographer um and it it was beloved by all of the glee fandom and all of diana's fandom and for some reason she deletes it that day and she she makes a post and she says dear tumblr i think it's time to lay you to rest a lovely friend you've been thank you friends for following the journey but as an old chapter closes a new chapter begins x she's like she's like yeah i just picked a random day i'm just not feeling it i don't know why anyway bye (laughs) just a random day now what a lot of people don't know and wasn't discovered until i came along and started trying to dig up swift gone things because the fandom used to just focus exclusively on Kaler, which is fine. Everybody loves Kaler. Um, but I just got obsessed with Diana. So I started to give Swift Ground the Kaler treatment. So more things were uncovered even in 2020, um, just because I was looking closer than other people had. Diana had a private Tumblr. And we know it's Diana's private Tumblr because basically it was under her Finsta name. And she has a Finsta called Who's Her Me Sir. Her friends have tagged it a lot and you you can't see it, of course, it's private, but it is her personal Instagram. Um, and there's some tweets that kind of pull it all together and tie it all together. But this, this Tumblr exists uh, and was made around the same time as her Finsta. And it was made before anybody knew Who's Her Me Sir was related back to Diana, but the Tumblr is called Who's Her Me Sir. 
Um, nobody go fuck with it because we don't want it bothered, but it is still there. Oh yeah. Um, we don't know. There's no snitching in this. Yeah. <laughs> in that this stays house. between us guys. Yeah. Um, don't but, be that, don't be that person. Right. But, but on my blog, if you go to what I will say, go to the who sir, me sir tag. So go to what I will say backslash tagged backslash who sir, me sir, all one word. Um, I have the proof. I have screenshots to prove. I would not be saying this if I didn't have proof. It really was hers. Um, so this private Tumblr is hers and she reblogs a couple posts, uh, both on Tuesday, April 23rd, 2012 or 2013. One says, I will always care for you, even if we're not together. And even if we're far, far away from each other. And the other says one day we'll meet again. And it shows two people who are sort of se- separated with sort of the vastness of the universe behind them, but it's black and white and it's kind of easy. So this is some emo Tumblr stuff. Um, Those posts were on uh, the same hashtag. So if you go through Tumblr, you know, you can sort things by hashtag. Um, The only posts these hashtag that these two posts had in common were they were under the hashtag lost love. So Diana deletes her public Tumblr. And then on her private Tumblr on April 23rd, 2013, she is scrolling the lost love hashtag. Could be a coincidence. I don't know. To me, I think she got upset and deleted her Tumblr due to something bad that was happening in her personal life, like some lost love. And I think that's why she's on the lost love hashtag as well. So um, the next day on April 24th, 2013, Taylor tweets uh, a screenshot of a text exchange with her brother. And what she says to her brother is, she says, I just realized that every two months I begin renting presenting the me I was two months ago and thinking she knew nothing about life. And then Austin, her brother texts back, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds like you might be in your early. Um, so Taylor is resentful about something upset about something. Um, and, uh, you know, so we think they broke up in April 23rd. So briefly the song clean, uh, we know exactly when Taylor wrote it. It's on 1989. We have the date that she wrote it. And, um, it was written in February of, uh, 2014. Now the song clean includes the lyric 10 months sober. I must admit just because you're clean don't mean you don't. And like, so what and, is, and, and like dates are so important yes. to her whole web of clues and just, they're very, just important to Taylor in general. Yes. Um, it's and not so, just like it's not just, she's not just like one of those pop stars that like this happens to fit the rhyme so she'll put it in there you know right 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 her i mean her songs carry a lot of meaning and so when is 10 months before february 2013 uh, 24 when clean was written it's of course april of 2013 now taylor dan there's a couple more interactions between them like one or two they go to a fun concert um so you'll notice in the song the one which i know you think is about carly but briefly it does mention a sunday <laughs> matinee which of course taylor and diana's first date in the pouring rain was at a sunday matinee of the hunger games and then of course the last time we ever saw them in public um just hanging out together they do run into each other a few other times like at award shows and stuff but um the last time they like went out and spent time together was the fun concert the band well, fun well, so also, it would have been fun yeah I, I, i'm not also closed off to the idea that it could be some of the songs could be a mix of experiences like a mix of different people like just not about one particular person yeah absolutely i mean like it could be, like to know. me to me the song being called the one number one is like the one highway i don't know i i mean that's something that to me feels right but i'm also like what you're saying about 
the one being about Diana also makes sense. So, yeah, well, I just think Sunday matinee is such a weird thing to include in a song, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the fun concert. So, you know, you well, have those bookends. Well, it's like, well, it's like for me, I mean, you have the lyric um, glass shattered on the white cloth. Like to me, that's a Jewish wedding. No question. But Diana and Carly have both had <laughs> Jewish weddings. So right. like there's moments like that where it's like, I don't think I would ever be able to like exactly know who which which one it's about or maybe it's about both you know or it could be just somebody dropped a glass at a restaurant like yeah, it could be yeah. <laughs> I'm, you like, know? I'm like as we all know clearly this is a Jewish wedding no but I mean yeah, <laughs> yeah to me that's like um you're stomping you know for anyone yeah, who doesn't know right. like at a Jewish wedding you you break a glass that's wrapped in a white cloth right after saying your vows so like to me that's what it is but yeah you're right actually <laughs> <laughs> that could just be like she went on a date and someone like dropped their wine glass. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who could know? But it is, you know, looking for moments like that. So as we talk about this breakup um, that may have happened in April of 2012, uh, 2013, uh, that the song Clean it says 10 months, right? It's 10 months after that time. So that's interesting. There's also a song on 1989 called Wonderland. So um, it's pretty interesting that like a year after their last scene together, we do get a album, 1989, that's full of songs that reference the tragic end uh, to a love story uh, about a lover with green eyes, which of course we've said that Diana has green eyes. The song Wonderland, of course, is sort of the cream of the crop of Swift Grand songs. So in this song, Taylor says that she mentions, uh, we're too in love to think straight, which I don't know what that means if not we're gay. She also says, haven't you heard what becomes of curious minds, which of course, like curiosity by curiosity, you know, sexual, you know, sexual orientation, curiosity. Um, and uh, it's also says, you know, this rocky into a relationship happened due to outside forces and people's gossip about them. Um, it says people started talking and talking turned to screams. Could that be the Twitter um, sort of, you know, the Twitter storm that happened around the fake article we mentioned? And the thing is, you know, the songs about, you know, views this, this relationship through the lens of Alice in Wonderland. Now, Diana's entire personality for a long time was our, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Her favorite book of all time is Alice in Wonderland. Uh, she brought it up in interviews. She tweeted about it many times. She auctioned off a signed copy of it for charity. Uh, her private Tumblr and Instagram account, um, have references to it. Diana also had a, uh, Alice, a a line and a tattoo dedicated to Alice. It said, we're all mad here. And of course the song says in the end in Wonderland, we both went mad. She like a lot of people her age. Well, I guess like, I think I'm around the same age as her. Like that, that was a thing to make Alice in Wonderland your personality. Like it was, (laughs) it was, I I had a moment with that too. It was like my yearbook quote was from Alice in Wonderland. Like it, it was very of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She had that, the tattoo. She was a, she was an Alice in Wonderland girl. Right. She was a standard Alice in Wonderland Tumblr girl. Like it just, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so of course the, the lover, the muse in this song has green eyes. She says, didn't you flash your green eyes at me? Uh, it also says, didn't they tell us don't rush into things? So that's just, it's an interesting warning to me. It's sort of, that's what your parents say when you're in high school and you get your first queer girlfriend and they say, well, you know, <laughs> are you sure about this? You know, you don't, uh, don't rush into this. Um, and it also has the lyric, didn't it all seem new and exciting, which of course, back in 2012, uh, Diana had written a note about things she was happy about and grateful. Uh, and she put it on Twitter and, um, she tagged Taylor in the note. She tagged several friends 
But um, in the note, she writes several things. She writes, my, she's thankful for my heart, which is open. And then uh, down the list, she writes, new changes and excitement unfolded. So didn't it all seem new and exciting? You know, was that, yeah. that new and excitement that Taylor, uh, that Diana's referencing on Twitter? Yeah. And um, what could be more exciting than a, a chaotic, <laughs> a chaotic Glee star just blazing in her life? And, you know, I just, I also want to say that like some people will argue that this song is about Harry Styles because he grew up in a house Cheshire. in, in Chesh- Cheshire, UK. Um, Cause she says, you know, um, your Cheshire cat smile. But to me, that's just like, um, I just recently learned the actual meaning of red herring. To me, that's a red herring. Like that's just her get, throwing us one little, like, here you go. We'll just- yeah. Or it just, it's a coincidence, you know, that because Diana, like Alice in Wonderland, the Cheshire cat is a character in Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, true. And has a big grin. Cheshire cat smile is just, a, that's a reference to Alice in Wonderland. Now is yeah. it a double meaning, you know, is it as a play on words to reference Harry? Maybe, but you know, but- all this other stuff seems to reference Diana. So um, but I, I, I like how you say on your podcast, like here we account for coincidences. Like those are yes. actually allowed. <laughs> Which yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think when we're too far down the rabbit hole, like I think <laughs> I can forget sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, sometimes some things really are just like that. Just <laughs> there's Absolutely. only so many words that rhyme with this word or whatever. There's tons of like Gaylor quote unquote proofs that I'm like, guys, that is a coincidence. And yeah. I, that's just, that's my niche of the fandom. That's what I do. Not, you know, and not everybody has to do that, but that is what I do. I try not to be too insane about all this, but um, like you said, it takes bad, ba- you know, you've got to have balances. You got to have the sort of scientist people and the spiritual people. You need both to have like a healthy community talking about things. And then the last thing I want to say uh, is I mentioned um, them being in New York with Harry at the same time. Uh, the most fun thing that happens during that trip is, Harry and Taylor and Diana and a few other people are all standing around the crowd. Diana, uh, Harry reaches up and like touches Taylor or reach, you know, kind of gestures towards her. And then a minute, uh, the second later, Diana like literally shoves him away. Messy, so that's messy, messy queen. Iconic and amazing. And also uh, a few le- years later, Diana met Carly Kloss at a fashion show. And this is my favorite. This is my favorite Diana moment. <laughs> literally insane um diana met carly at a fashion show and for some reason it was being filmed as they're introduced to each other like the universe wanted this moment for gaylers uh diana meets carly and she says you're gorgeous which of course taylor has a song some people think is about carly called just so and like you know what i think i if i was famous and i had to be in this situation where me and all my exes constantly had to be in the same room at like award shows and you know whatever like a-lister type of things and I knew everyone was watching mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of funny to play, play around like that like just say things that are seemingly innocent mm-hmm. but it's like you know like everyone is watching you and scrutinizing it and it's kind of like yeah it's psychotic but it's kind of harmless too like it is I mean okay <laughs> it is a bit of a mind fuck but like also it's like a hundred percent i mean it's fun it's really fun the fact that that video clip can exist at all is why i love doing this and talking about this and on my podcast we talk about taylor a lot and diana and you know we talk about the taylor of it all but guess what so many other celebs have these 
interesting connections and relationships. I've talked about Fifth Harmony. I've talked about Haley Kiyoko. I've talked about Ivanka Trump. Um, so, but just the fact that the universe allowed for Diana, who's been so heavily rumored to date Taylor, and Carly, who's been so, so heavily rumored to date tar- uh, Taylor, to meet and be in the same room. And by the way, it's caught on video. And Diana decides that gorgeous, which is literally the title of a Taylor song that's associated with Carly, is the right word to say at the moment. That is just chef's kiss. That is utter bliss to me. That is sh- that is just the most fun conspiracy shipper fandom nonsense. Same, same. I and, and, and also I live because- for it. I, totally. And also because all the mainstream news wouldn't be able to report on it. Like E mm. news is not going to say anything about it's it. It's just bitches on Tumblr. It's just for the Tumblr girls. Like it is. <laughs> the, the, it the is. girls gays and you know, like it's, it's really like a special thing <laughs> that, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's too good. It's so deliciously like awkward too, because <laughs> they're yeah. all just sitting right. They're all like forced to be next to each other. They're all in these gowns. It's like this fancy thing. I'm just like, Yes. <laughs> yes. And I, there's a few more moments of, of, of Diana being a bit possessive, perhaps, or jealous of Taylor's, uh, you know, other people in her life. If you want to see the other ones, we don't have time to go through all them all. Uh, come find me on TikTok, what I will say. And th- I will have a, a little, a little blurb about, you know, what we talked about here, but also the other times. Yeah, totally. Um, I will link all of that in the episode description and t- tell everyone where they can find you. Absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Tumblr at what I will say dot tumblr.com, uh, TikTok at what I will say. And those are two very active, you know, I'm putting out content there and interacting with people a lot. I am on Instagram at what I will say. And I like to DM on Instagram and I post pictures and, and I, I post stuff to my stories from time to time. And then I'm on Twitter at what I will say pod where I just like go completely insane. And, you know, so if you want to fuck with me on Twitter, let's do it. Um, I talk about Amber Heard <laughs> and politics a lot, which by the way, I loved your episode on Amber. Oh, um, thank you so much. I appreciate much. that you were brave enough to do that in thank the, you. in the, um, you know, the, just the climate that we're in. Today. I really appreciate it. Like one of the moments that restored my faith mostly in kind of like who has found this community recently mm-hmm. was that I didn't get any negative backlash for it. And I like, think that's I'm, wonderful. I, I, I'm here for criticism. Like if people have respectful criticism to make, I, I'm here for it. But in that particular case, it, it means like we just don't align in our morals because I really do stand behind what we had to say in that episode. And so it really brought me a little bit of peace in this crazy fucking climate world, whatever. Um, anyway, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, if your list, you know, I'm very much in that camp as well, you know, so I, any, any community or listenership that kind of falls in that, if your listeners were receptive to that episode, then I have the utmost respect for them. And I think, oh, you know, maybe they'd enjoy coming, hanging out with my podcast as oh, well. So. Absolutely. We're all, <laughs> we're all in a very similar web and yeah, camp. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Au revoir, mes amours.